Hey everybody, it's Corey Mosley and this is the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, strategy, testimony, and real talk for all things entrepreneurship. And it starts right now. Hello, hello, hello. I'm always jamming. I'm always jamming when that when that comes in. It, it it's it's really good energy. I love that intro music um, that my guys picked out. Welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Mosley. We're talking all things business, entrepreneurship, business growth stories, turning around. We we love a good turnaround story. We're covering all the topics that I think entrepreneurs both people building their business or aspiring need to hear in the marketplace. I've got another great show for you. I've got another great guest for you. And what's so interesting about people is what's amazing is you can know people for, for a super long time. And my guest today I've known for probably going on 15 years now, and I'm still, you know, learning things about people. And sometimes you don't learn about people until you get a different perspective on their story or learn things about their story where they share it in other areas that, you're like, oh, man, well, we hang out. I didn't know this part about you. And I'm continuing to learn these things. And my guest today is going to be talking to us about leadership, but with with a little twist on it. We're going to be talking like about horses and stuff. So you get everything here, right? I bring you people internationally. I bring you internet millionaires, 16-year-old millionaires from India. and, uh, And we're going to be talking about horses today and leadership and how you can be a better leader, even if you're just leading yourself or an organization like she is. My guest today is none other than Christy Potratz. She's the CEO and co-founder of Potratz Advertising. Their agency is focused on helping businesses get discovered using video, digital, and social media marketing. In 2018, Potratz was named to the Entrepreneur Magazine's top company cultures list, which is huge considering we're going to talk about culture challenges they had just a few years ago. Christy is a passionate supporter and member of the Boys and Girls Club of Schenectady, New York, where she provides consulting and advertising direction. Now, Christy spends her free time on her farm, and it's a big boy farm. You could get lost on it. I've been on it several times. Spends her time on her farm in Sharon Springs with her husband, Paul, who has also been on our podcast previously, where she leads Equine. Equi, equi, now, look, I messed it up. I was doing so well, Christy. Say it. Equine. Equestrian equine. or equine? Equine, yeah. Equine? It wasn't a question. Yeah. I'm reading what's written here. Uh, equine leadership, because listen, people, half my listeners didn't know that either, and team building workshops on her horse farm, folks. I'm talking about horses. Christy, thank you for joining the show today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Corey. I'm so excited. Yeah, we have we have a very forgiving audience, so nobody cares that I messed up uh, that I messed up saying that. But I'm I'm super excited to have you on. We've we've had Paul, your husband, who's a, com- a completely different personality. This is like yin and yang that we have that I have on here today. We've had him on previous episodes talking about branding and advertising. And even though you are CEO of this fantastic advertising agency. We're not going to be talking advertising and digital marketing and all that stuff today. I want to talk about really your evolution uh, as a leader. And many of our listeners, you know, aren't just solopreneurs. They're they're leading companies with 20, 30, 40, 50 employees, um, similar to your agency. But there's really some interesting lessons that I think we'll, we'll, we'll get to the horses. But just in that CEO role um, inside 
really a, a family oriented business i mean i think even it was quoted um, uh, if i have my backs if i have my story right it was even quoted uh, if you don't like the idea of a work family or you just want to get lost in the numbers then then your place is not the place to be because there's definitely a family ab- atmosphere at your organization but it wasn't always that way can you tell us a little bit about your your story and um some of those early moments in that business building phase where you had to really change your vision on creating culture and, and, and really how you engaged employees to build your business. Well, when Paul and I started the agency, it was uh, just Paul and I, and Paul did all of the creative work, everything himself. And I helped with project management, making sure the, uh, bills were paid, making sure we were doing everything in a forward direction, and we would work, you know, we enjoyed it. We were enthusiastic about it. It didn't necessarily feel like work at the time, but we were very driven 16-hour days, and then we grew a team to about seven or eight people. And during that time, working with that team, we were all felt connected and all working towards uh, similar goals for each other, and it it felt really comfortable. But mm. in that time, and would uh, just through through life, you know, had a challenging childhood. Really started with absolutely nothing, and life knocks you around a bit, and you develop that hard edge. And I definitely had that hard edge as well and it maybe mm. worked better with a smaller team i'm not really sure but as we grew from 12 people to 50 people in about eight months and that was transformative to me in so many ways because just pushing myself grinding grinding other people maximizing every moment, making sure everyone around me was maximizing every moment and just grinding it out every day to get to achieve our dream was how I was as a person. I was, don't cross me. I'll take you out. We're so, going to so, get this done. I, so I find it so interesting. So so what's interesting about this is because, A, I'm sure to hear you right now and people listening to this, right, are, are like, what do you mean she's going to take somebody out? She she doesn't. She sounds well, all nice. Yeah, I do. So that's that's why I want to have context here because it's so misleading. <laughs> like it's it's really selling this falsity right now uh, that uh, you're 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 so nice and sweet you know right now with people and they have no idea that there's this whole shrewd and not not about mean but there's a shrewd side right to you and i think it's a testament also that people it's kind of like a, a muhammad ali thing where he would rope a dope you right so you got this you you've got this nice sweet demeanor but you know when it's when it's time to hold people accountable with things of that nature you we would call this being about your business, right? Would you say that's pretty ac- an accurate statement? I would, but it wasn't necessarily always in a ha- in a in a healthy way. Right. Okay. Um, that's fair. It wasn't always in a you know, don't waste my time, don't waste my money. Right. We just I, you it, it's shrewd and business like, but there's a way to set boundaries where people don't feel 
negative energy. So would you agree that you were, you know, if you look at your backstory, I mean, we didn't go too deep, but if we look at your backstory coming from Tennessee and kind of if you, if you look at some of the nuances maybe to your, I won't speak your story for you, but would you agree that thinking about some of the nuances to your story in home life, things of that nature, right, shaped your viewpoint and personality? Now, here you are in this position trying to build this business. You and your husband, you know, have, are, are risking everything basically, you know, to do that. And so you're you're really relying a lot on those instincts as a part of your history, right? Is that fair? Oh, that's a hundred percent fair. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so you have this hyper growth because that's huge, right? I mean, fifteen to fifty or eight to fifty in that short period of time. That's that's hyper growth, which creates its own problems. Means a, you know, re- clients are there, revenue is coming in, but now you're you're learning almost every day as you go along. I, I thought it was interesting. And part of your story that I want to talk about is this idea of you guys, you know, you having this family oriented vision for the business and, you know, purchasing this building, right, that you guys are now in and getting really excited to move your team into it and and all thinking you're going to win this best place in the, to work because you're doing all these great things. What Talk to us a little bit about that moment and some of the lessons that you learned when maybe you you things weren't the way you thought they were. Well, our team had grown to 50 people, and we had purchased a 26,000-square-foot building. The team came over. Everybody was picking offices. You could just – I stopped, and I said to myself, wow, you know, this – we have done it all the long hours the hard work. We couldn't have done it without our team. I, I ne- definitely realized that. And I had put a lot of effort into training the team, giving back to the team. Even though like I was hard and shrewd and don't cross me, I was always very mindful of I couldn't do it by myself. And I wanted to have that um, culture where we were working for each other's best interest, not just the business's best interest because that would all flesh out, I thought. Mm. And so we were in that place and I felt like it was all sinking together and we were, and we were winning and the local uh, business magazine said, Hey, we want to do a best places to work. And I thought, Oh wow, we are, we've got this. Everyone's going to know this is the place <laughs> to work. Right. And the survey results came back in, um, one of the survey results said the bad morale can be overwhelming and even depressing. Mm. And I just felt sucker punched, like because we had worked so hard for the benefit of the team and for them to right. not feel that level of what we were giving, given right. to them because we kind of had that mindset that nobody really had given us anything. We had to hard work right. it all the way up. So we right. thought, oh, you know, we're all these opportunities we're opening for you. We're doing right. a lot. You're ungrateful. For you, but yeah, like yeah. you're ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, wow, it took some. Uh, it took some attitude. I mean, that's just one response, but it was full of those type of responses, and it it really hurt. It took me a little while. I, I definitely thought, wow, I should not have been drinking the Kool Aid from all those leadership books I've been reading. <laughs> Mm. Um, and, but I wasn't, uh, ready to give up on that dream at all. Um, 
so so and... let me ask you about that. Well, let me ask you about that point. What was it that you find? And I find this often in the motivational world, right? Where what I think people lose sight of is that it, it has a it has its place um, to try to do a certain thing for someone. And what I mean by that is the motivational world will give you this, will give you these statements, these thought statements, you know, gr- leap and grow your wings on the way down. And, and, you know, you, you just gotta be positive and just jump and like these, these motivational things. And a lot of times it never tells people how. So what I'm interested in is you mentioned this consumption, like you're such a consumer of content, podcasts, and, and constantly reading, and and where you thought you were consuming all the leadership materials by, you know, I'm sure you name it, you've you've read it, you know, the John Maxwells and Jim Collins and all these experts on on leadership, and you thought you were living that. And when I'm curious of when you when you think about that, what was the information that you felt maybe you were getting or trying to implement that wasn't matching kind of what you were reading or consuming? Hmm. Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure how to answer that because I would definitely read the books and a lot of the books have a universal truth to them. So, you know, in theory that it's going to work. I even on Thursdays at the office, we would have, a leadership class for anybody who wanted to come. I would prepare material and this is how we're going to do it together team. And we would do like the Stephen Covey, uh, mm-hmm, seven mm-hmm. habits of highly effective people. And we would talk about it and how we're going to put it in practice. But I think it was all mental. So mm. it was, I think that's where it was missing the mark is that it's all intellectual that this is how we're going to do things. But you can't lead with just your mind and just your intelligence and everything that you've read. There's something else, your spirit and your emotion, that you have to be connected to. And if you're not, then people around you feel it. Mm. They may not be able to articulate it, but they feel it. So then when you need to make a correction with someone, if your energy isn't right or your emotion isn't right and your spirit isn't right, you're doing it. They can still feel that it's not true. So they're Mm. not going to hear you. I I remember being so frustrated, like, listen to me and no, and I felt like nobody was hearing me. Right. And, and you know when you you when you tell the story and you you kind of look back on that you really thought that you were checking all of the boxes right you you know you were talking you, you know birthdays you you did birthday cakes and you know you you gave gifts to people and you recognized their their anniversaries and you know I think about people that have come through my organization over the years and what was it you know one of the things that we tried to keep up with and, and we you know we would always try to recognize now for me i didn't have the luxury of people coming to a building so uh w- if we would work on projects i'd have team members all over the country you know working on consulting projects and being with clients so i didn't have that you know go team internal thing but i remember one of the things that we instituted was we remembered the birthdays we sent the cards we sent the cards to the wives we knew the kids dates and i remember i still have this voicemail to this day from a guy who worked for me 
in 2014. I still have his voicemail where he had not, you know, he, he moved on to a bigger, you know, opportunity for him through working with us. And he took the time, a grown man. I mean, he's probably 58, 59 at the time. And left me the message that, you know, that his time working for me of all the places he's ever worked was one of the best times that he had. And one of the, and the feeling of care that we had for them was something that, you know, he, he had to call me and tell me about. And so when you think about those moments and I, I know even you sent, you sent a long-term employee to, to Paris and, and paid for him and you did all those things. So now you come back around and you realize people are like, no, this this place isn't that great. What what was some of the moments that you? I know you tell a story about sitting with Paul, your husband, and and him basically saying, "Hey, well, what what, what people say? What would Jesus do?" Paul Paul basically was like, "What what would the horse do?" Or what? Or tell tell us tell us about that moment when you maybe had started to get a different perspective and how that got us to horses. Well, it was. A natural progression, I had, well, I had been or part of what got me through a really difficult childhood was the opportunity to be able to learn to ride and experience horses. Um, Mm. Horses are the most magnificent creatures in the world. They have... All of this, yeah, well, yeah. Fine. So and, they are terrifying. Christy's got big, some big horses that scare the hell out of me. Okay, uh, uh, and like I don't even like it's like, and you'll talk. I will get to the part where you talk about how they can read your energy and stuff. Like, but it's like, oh my god, I don't. They smell fear and all this other stuff, and I'm like, this horse is huge. But but go ahead, we'll, we're we're going to talk about some, some of these big horses. But I'm sorry, keep going. But they. Um... But being able to connect with them as a child, like, help, I knew at that point that connection, that flow, that feeling, because it's a partnership with you and your horse, just like you mm. as a leader are a partnership with your team. Right. So as a kid, there was like that beautiful flow, that nice place. I knew it was there. But when I got back into horses and as an adult, it wasn't that easy. Because I had developed all these ideas in my head and I still struggle with it a little bit is some, if something's not going right with my horse, I'll have to slow down and pay attention to like, what's going on in my mind. It's like a white noise in my mind. Like I thought I had to be driven. I, if I was not tired, exhausted, completely wrung out by the end of the day, I was sure that I didn't had not done enough to be successful. That's so, interesting. like, it's part childhood, how I was raised, like, you really hardcore, you never do anything half-assed. If you do, you're, you know, going to be a complete loser to even our, mm. our culture. Our, our culture, I know, you know, tells, you know, you have to grind it out. If you're not grinding, you're... Right, hustle you know, and grind. <laughs> hustle and grind, hustle and grind. Right. And if you don't, then you're not going to make it. Which, right. yeah, there, I mean, I'm not, there is truth. You do have to hustle and grind, but do you have to do it with that? Um, if you take your intention and you're just solely focused on that goal, you get so um, narrow focused, you miss so much around you. 
and you mm. miss opportunities and you lose that ability to connect with the world around you and the people around you. And so I was in that place and my horses weren't putting up with it. They're well, hor- horse is a prey animal. So okay. they are extremely. Now what, now, what, what, so what does that, okay. What does that mean? Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see when I turn on the animal kingdom, I don't see any, I see episodes about lions going after gazelles. I don't ever see the horse running down anybody in, in any of those videos. So what no, do you mean when you say that? A horse is the prey, not a predator. A lion's a predator. So the oh, horses yes. would be See, running you from the cor- lion. You, you corrected me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's what catch. I mean. Like they they have to be um, hyper hyper tune. vigilant. Yeah, yeah, in tune with all of and with themselves because they live in a hierarchical herd, and each member of that herd has a specific job to be sure that they're they're all kept safe. So. Gotcha. That makes them extremely sensitive to whatever energy you're bringing to the situation, and especially mm. to you as a person because you're a predator. We're predators. Right. So to be able to bring your energy to the right place to get a prey animal to accept you as their herd leader takes a lot of work <clears throat> and right. as far mm. as being connected and having your energy being fully present. Right, right. Right, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, and we live in this, in, in such a hustle and grind kind of, you know, I remember, I remember in the early years literally going to be with a client and on my way there, my body just said I had been neglecting myself, not knowing that, but just in that grind so hard, my body just said it had enough. And I remember headed to the appointment and detouring to the ER and I wasn't I was dehydrated like I wasn't sick nothing major had happened to me but I just wasn't paying attention I was going so hard and I literally you know sent the sent the called the client and said hey I'm gonna be delayed a few hours I didn't really want to get into hey I'm at the hospital with an IV but literally it was just checking in getting fluids for about two, three hours and, and really being able to get back because you lose so much when you're you're talking about those 16-hour days and, and those different things, especially early on. You lose so much there. Now, what I'm curious of is you look back at this survey, you look back at these responses that are coming in, you, you realize things aren't what you thought they were. You realize that you have to, obviously, if you want to improve on the business and and really fulfill your mission of this family-oriented kind of organization, some things have to change. How do you, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, have that realization from an ego standpoint, from a, from a, you know, well, I have to do something here. And then what I'm curious is you are already consuming information. You are, so it wasn't like you were ignorant to leadership, Right. What was the actual thing that was missing? Because for some people, they're like, hey, I I suck as a leader. Let me go read some books, take some courses, consume some material. You were already proactive in that world. So kind of talk us through that, those instances right there. I think what was missing was my ability to be fully present in the moment, to not be um, worrying about 
the future feeling bad about what we messed up, not able to be vulnerable. And that's, I, I really feel like that's a direct product of being knocked around a bit as a kid in, in early years. So not able to like let my guard down and admit that maybe I don't have all the answers. Blame me when things are not going right, putting focus or energy on who I thought had wronged me instead of just making boundaries really clear. Mm. Um, and not being able to uh, micromanage or needing to control the situation completely. Um, right. Not just relaxing a minute and letting somebody do their thing and then just kind of getting in rhythm with them and then letting them trust you. Like that's right. uh, something that was definitely missing. And then just like that really hard focus of um, I need to achieve this goal. And so I'm going to achieve this goal. I'm going to do it all in my mind. Did right. I read the right book? Did I do the right practice? Did, um, do we have the, you know, if, the, if something's not going right, just driving myself crazy in my mind instead of just being like fully present and allowing when you relax and you're fully present in the moment, then you can see what the real problem is. Sometimes you're just not even really focusing. If there is a problem on you're focusing on the symptoms, not the real problem. So what would you say were some of the big, the biggest adjustments that you, that you made? Well, I'm still a work in progress. Um, right. but, uh, Really, the most powerful one is, and I think a, a little bit of that is an entrepreneur personality too, like that type A, I'm going to mm. take charge of this and win, um, which is great. But right. my my mind is like constantly going next thing, next thing. So being very conscientious to slow down. Okay. That's something that you can never be too slow with a horse. Now, it would seem in your hobby, um, and well, let me put it this way. It, it would seem what what has become a hobby that resonated for you, meaning going back to the early years of how horses kind of impacted your life, and then now as an adult being in a position to, to have acquired horses and have that part of your daily ecosystem, um, I'll have to... Unfortunately, there's a podcast where I, I put some pictures. I've got some pictures of Christy really showing her dedication when she's out there moving that hay. And, uh, and, and, you know, you haven't, you haven't lived until you've cleaned up after a horse, uh, and a horse's stall. So that, that, that takes a level of commitment. That takes a lot of a commitment that most people don't, don't think about. But one of the things that you've been able to do, I think through your entrepreneurial mindset, right, which is different than just running a small business, is you said, you know, I have this passion for horses, number one. Number two, thinking about my relationship with my horses has impacted my ability as a leader. And now one of the things that you've done is you've turned that into a business, right? You now are leading, you're now leading uh, horse leadership sessions. Talk to us a little bit about that entrepreneurship moment for you um, and, and starting to pursue that from hobby to real business? Well, it started with my own team. Um, 
getting back into horses, I had to learn to adjust myself, like I said before, slow down, focus, boundaries, that type of thing. And I brought those things to the team. So um, during the progression of learning those things, I was always telling Paul, you know, hey, I learned this from the horse today. And how uh, can can you believe it? If you just like focus on the boundary and not the horse, you things become so much easier. And there's, it, you know, no big explosions. And um, Paul said, well, why can't you transfer those thoughts and emotions to dealing with the team. And it was just mm. kind of like a light bulb moment. Um, yes. Like where I'm saying like that hard focus on a goal, like learning to slow yourself down, break the goal into small steps, and then um, make your team feel safe that they can achieve the small steps. And then you'll eventually okay. get to the end goal. And that's a big thing that you do with horses that translates to your team, not micromanaging your team. Another big one is if you resist, give a horse hard resistance, like pull on them really hard one way, they're going to mm. immediately pull back against you. And that's the same with your team. If you um, – Horses don't take no stuff. <laughs> they yeah. don't take no mess. <laughs> and, and your team really doesn't – that. It doesn't either. If you right. um, don't, like, I don't know, just let me think of an example. Like, a, a mistake that I made in uh, when we first started the on our entrepreneurship journey is if somebody was doing something that I didn't like or appreciate or want my business, I was writing policy after policy. Mm. <laughs> okay. You, you, you don't write policy to solve a people problem. You meet like, with oh, person. you know, I, I, I didn't like you being on your phone. So now you go right. and write a policy. Nobody can have their phone out during the day. Exactly. Okay. And so then nine times out of ten, the person you that you <laughs> – the person <laughs> that you wanted to correct didn't get corrected because right. they probably didn't even know. And then you just hurt somebody, your best worker's feelings. <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a dance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a dance. So many people think that, I mean, like people think uh, there's this wide range of thinking be besides entrepreneurship, like that it's, that it's this, you know, two person thing, or you're doing it all yourself. Um, but you know, the scale up uh, entrepreneurship does not have a, does not have a um, employee count. Yes. You can be a solopreneur and, and, and do very well. You can have a hundred employees and still be an entrepreneur. You can have 500 or a thousand employees. So, you know, that leading that charge and having that spirit spirit is still, you know, super important and people, whether they're outsourced, whether they're contractors, whether they're freelancers or part of the gig economy, or they're actual employees in your organization, you still have a, an ecosystem. So you never get to say, well, I don't have to worry about this kind of stuff because I work with, you know, 10 freelancers in my business. Well, they, they still, you, you still need to have a, a degree of care or, or, you know, I always try to over, over engage or have more of a relationship with some of the people who are in my freelance ecosphere, um, know about their kids, know about their children, ask about their cat. I mean, just have interest in them um, because, I'm client one. I could be client one of 10. I want to all the people that are in my ecosphere. I can always count on to 
put me first in most instances if something comes up, not just because I pay them, because other people pay them too, right? But because because of the care I take. And one of the things that I find interesting in everything we've talked about thus far is you talked about this fundamental change and emotional change, emotional intelligence, and these factors. You you haven't you never really said, yeah, they just hated working there because they thought we should pay them more money, right? You that really that wasn't something that we've even discussed when you've talked about improving, reducing how you've reduced your turnover and that. And I and I want to point that out because so many people think it's just the comp- happiness or morale or culture is just a financial component for people. And you'd probably agree it's not simply that. Yes. No, it's not that at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we may lose someone occasionally because there is another financial opportunity and they just can't say no because of their family. But most of all, uh, our turnovers really went down to um, almost nothing. And I, I think the the biggest thing is um, oh, a lot, lots of big things, but just when whenever you were talking about how you're freelancers, how you are mindful of developing a good relationship so that they put you first, but I right. think you're probably also really mindful of when you work with them, you paint a really clear picture of what you want done and how you want done and you give good feedback and you make them feel confident and safe that they can do a good job for you. Mm. So that goes just as far to getting you probably on the top of their list than um, a birthday cake. I mean, birthday cakes are good. Right, right, right. um, Don't cancel the birthday cake. Don't cancel the birthday cake. But (laughs) if you are a good leader as far as showing them the vision of what you want to accomplish so that they're not feeling around in the dark for what might make you happy and then getting the ultimate email back, oh, you missed this. Right. I I, I wanted it this way, being really clear in the beginning, breaking things into steps. Then you become easy to work for, easy to make happy, and you make it easy for them to win. Being mindful and, of making it really easy for your team and team to win. And that's just slowing down small steps, letting them shine, not making it, you know, all about you, not watching every little step and giving little minute corrections here or there. It doesn't really matter. Right. So, so let me, yeah, no, I love it. Now, let me ask you, what would you say is been a crazy entrepreneurship moment for you that that you could share (laughs) you made me think of this ahead of time (laughs) i would think one of our craziest entrepreneurship moments was paul and i finally got to go away on our first uh overseas trip we went out to nova scotia and we didn't stop to think this was like probably 2006 and we didn't stop to think that we would need to get an international plan on our phones that we would still be connected to the office and we got to nova scotia as soon as we got on the island and we had no connection with the office and while we were gone everything went wrong that could go wrong um, your your, your internet went wrong. out right your phone <laughs> everything internet went well, went out um phones went down there was deadlines for video like 
commercials had to be sent out by like five o'clock that afternoon or the client was going to miss out on their media buys and the clients were upset and angry and calling team member cell phones and Paul and I were completely oblivious. So the lesson here was, folks, never leave your business. Don't go on vacation. Um. No. You know what? The team worked worked it out. It was all good. By the time we we called home, it was all solved. Awesome. And and listen, that's that's the lesson. Your team really doesn't need you. (laughs) You're with (laughs) Your team does not need. Well, you know, there is, I mean, right. But there is this idea of seriousness that, you know, there's a difference between buying a job and and really and, and building a business. So if you really, if your business can't function without you, then you might have bought yourself a job. I mean, the ability to, and you know, we've been fortunate to do this um, in the past where, I mean, I remember literally me talking to Paul and going, hey, you know, we should go. I think that's how we ended up in Aruba. Like, hey, we should go somewhere. And it was like November. And we're like, hey, we should go somewhere, you know, in two weeks. And you, I mean, you just can't do, I mean, everybody can't do that if they're chained to their business. And, you know, here we are two weeks later, we're like on vacation and that's not how, but, but your business has to be able to operate or be structured in a way, you know, to do that. Right. So I, I think there's definitely something to be said with your, your team's ability to keep the business running um, when you're not, you know, there every minute of the day. So Definitely some lessons there, but you know what it's time for. It's time for our entrepreneurs rapid fire. Now I'm going to ask you a series of questions to give some people some insights into what are some things that Christy Potratz uses? What are, what are some of her favorite things? And I want you to give the first answer that comes to your head. Okay. okay. We got nine okay. questions to get through. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm ready. Easy, easy, easy peasy. PC or Mac? Mac. What's your favorite credit card right now to run run your business? Amex. Do you do physical planner or digital planner? Physical. What's your favorite software right now to manage your business? Bluehorn Media Solutions. Starbucks, Dunkin' or other? Starbucks. Do you like to do thank you cards or thank you emails? Cards. I've never gotten a card from you in my life, by the way. But um, when you it comes to. You said what I like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you oh, didn't say what you... I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to call you out on that one because I got about 10, 15 <laughs> birthday cards that I'm still waiting on from, from you and your husband. Uh, and this is a lesson for folks. You have to accept well, people you... how they are. So this is a, this, you're a great lesson on that, you know. Uh, uh, okay. So, so next, uh, when it comes to learning, hardcover book, tablet, or audio book? Oh, audio book. Audio one. Yeah, between hardcover book and audio book. Okay. But what would you say? No audio book. Okay, we're on to the next question already. <laughs> what would you say is your <laughs> is your next big goal? My next big goal is yes. to have at least 15 leadership horse leadership workshops this year for 2020. Okay. And 
if you could have one day with any mentor, this is the final question, one day with any mentor, who would that person be? Do they have to be living? Yes, they do, because we can't resurrect the dead. Yet, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God we don't have to go to a commercial. Malcolm, okay, we got somebody. Malcolm Gladwell. The, the world renowned author. He's not author my of, mentor, but I would love it if he would be my mentor. I think he works. <laughs> well, I know he's not your mentor. That's why I said if, if you could have a mentor or, or you could spend any okay. day with anyone who you could have as a mentor. So, Malcolm Gladwell, the tipping point, outliers, that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you listened to Talking with Strangers? I have not, but awesome. I think my wife has that book. Awesome book. Awesome so, book. I, I will I will be sure to check that out. And if you're li- Malcolm, if you're listening, because I'm sure you listen to Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, Christy, Christy Potratz is waiting for your call. If you work with Malcolm Gladwell or anybody out there, let's get Christy Potratz her day with Malcolm. Christy, um, it's super exciting to have you on the show today. How could people, if they want to know more about horse leadership and all, you've got all these great lessons about being present and vulnerability, how do people connect with you or kind of get, get in your world to learn more about these horse leadership courses? Tell everybody. Um, can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Christy Potratz. Facebook, I accept just about every friend that asked me to be. Potratzfarm.com <laughs> will have... Um, information coming up for and a calendar of uh, workshops and more information about what all workshops entail, exactly what the experience is like. So potratsfarm.com, Christy Potrats on LinkedIn, or Christy Potrats on Facebook. So if you want to be a leadership badass like Christy Potrats, then you guys, and you want to do it with horses. Can I ask you a quick it's question? Really cool. Can you Would ask it me be a wrong sure. for me to would it be wrong for me to say if you want to text me, just text me? I, if you want people to, I, I don't know. We're international. We're international. You might want to let people connect with you first. All right, connect with me first. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll defer. I'll defer to your advice, your professional advice. I listen. You I'll just defer, never I'll know. I'll defer to your mentorship. <laughs> I, Paul is not going to want random calls at three thirty a.m. Uh, come, uh, random texts and calls coming in at three thirty a.m. Probably might get you into trouble. So I'm going to err on the side of caution. <laughs> Keep you out of trouble, Christy. Thank you for joining the show today. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it a lot, Corey. As I close out today's episode, I'm asking that you subscribe to my podcast to get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review. And if not, just keep it to yourself. And if you've heard something today that you think can help someone you know, then I encourage you to share it. Finally, if you are a business owner that is ready to become a fearless entrepreneur, then head on over to my website, fearlesswithcory.com to learn more about the most comprehensive, business growth support system for entrepreneurs on the planet. I'm Corey Mosley, and this has been another episode of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.